0: Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language and is intended for adults. Listener discretion is advised. tired of me
1: no no you're fine no i've been um been on the computer pretty much for two days straight designing new shirts and everything for my website
0: geekyclothing.com
1: yep yep
0: but there's some awesome shirts i actually just ordered two this afternoon Woo! if you are a horror movie fan there are some pretty fucking awesome shirts on geekyclothing.com
1: yay just
0: throwing that out there
1: and I designed all of them and I'm tired. <laughs> it kind of wears you out, you know, like staring at a screen for that long. Yeah. Kind of makes you drowsy, you know.
0: You got to stay awake. I'm with
1: it. I'm all you right. have
0: cornhole to play. I know! <laughs> wow, that was...
1: It's going to be fun. It's so fun.
0: <laughs> In the meantime... Yeah. Welcome to Martini's and the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss... Morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. I am your host, Erica, joined by my husband and co-host, Billy.
1: Hello, I'm Billy. Hi.
0: And uh, what are we covering today, my dear? We're
1: covering ghost ships, which I think are awesome because they're like haunted houses that are mobile.
0: On the water.
1: They go anywhere. They can go anywhere. That's so cool. It's a spooky
0: Sunday for us.
1: Yeah, and it's during the day because, you know... Erica's sleep schedule and everything, she's got to get to bed a little earlier, so we got to knock him out a little earlier, so I am what they call day drunk.
0: Yeah. I don't think I've ever started drinking at three in the afternoon on a Sunday, but now I have.
1: Chalk that one, you know, just knock that one off our bucket list.
0: With my my go-to, my Kraken and Coke.
1: Yeah. I'm drinking Lagunitas Hop Stupid.
0: One of your favorites?
1: It's, 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 It's yummy. That's for sure.
0: We're having some yummy stuff.
1: Oh, and since it's, you know, daytime, something just kind of crossed my mind just now. Uh, we try to keep it, like, production value-wise, you know what I mean? We try to keep the background as as dark as, as silent as possible so you can hear us. But you might hear a lawnmower. <laughs> it's possible. You might hear a lawnmower, and we can't go out and tell them to stop.
0: It shouldn't so. be any different than them hearing the trains at night.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> sorry. I'm
0: sure you guys have gotten sick of hearing the fucking trains behind us.
1: See, what if they never noticed and they're going to go back and listen to episodes and that's going to be all they hear? No, I believe I
0: even pointed out in one episode, oh yeah, they're going to hear that train.
1: But now, from now on, every episode they're going to to be waiting for a train. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know what you guys are doing.
0: That's right, you don't know. Don't you judge? (laughs)
1: Stop yelling at me, Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we've got two wonderful ghost ships to tell you about tonight. But first, a ghost ship... Or a phantom ship is a ship with no living crew aboard. And this can mean a variety of things. Um, A ghostly ship or vessel in folklore, fiction, ghost stories, anything like that. A ship that's been decommissioned but has not yet been scrapped. A drifting boat found after breaking loose of the ropes and carried away by the wind or waves. Or a real derelict shipwreck... Found adrift with its crew missing or dead, like the Mary Celeste, as we will get to shortly. I have a
1: question. So, a decommissioned, not yet scrapped ship. Okay. So, what about one of the ships that's docked, decommissioned, and is now a museum, like 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 a Pearl Harbor ship? Is that technically a ghost ship? It's decommissioned.
0: Mm Hmm. But it's not planning to be scrapped. I think that means more like if it's on the way to being scrapped.
1: So from decommissioned to being scrapped in
0: that time frame, it's a ghost ship? Technically. Okay. And a derelict is a shipwreck. So if you hear us use the word derelict, how about you derelict my balls? Whoa. Ooh. Damn. Zoolander. Yeah. yeah. I pulled that out. Balls. But <laughs> a derelict is technically the term for a shipwreck. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool teaching stuff every day Yay. the more you know
1: i'm staring up with like with a smile like i'm inspired but i'm just looking at my ceiling
0: now that's where i'm gonna put the more you know song well,
1: yeah I figured but, yeah <laughs> i was just thinking if she didn't put this in here she's fucking <laughs> what's she doing so what are we doing if you don't put that sound bite in
0: so ghost ships can be found throughout legends mythology and folklore there's the Lady Lovabon, said to have been wrecked deliberately on February 13th of 1748 off of Goodwin Sands, Kent, England. It's said to reappear off the Kent coast every 50 years. There's the Flying Dutchman. Ah. It's said to be a ship commanded by a captain condemned to sail the seas for all eternity.
1: It's actually a very interesting story. Not the whole Ghost or the Pirates of the Caribbean story, but the story of the Flying Dutchman and... Um... Davy Jones's locker and all that stuff is pretty. It's pretty neat. Oh, before you go on, I'll, I'll forget. I'm always full of like all this stupid information, you know.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: Okay, there's there's a paradox that I learned recently. Which is? I forget what it's actually called. It's like <laughs> it's called like the ship paradox or something. You
0: like learn part of something then. I learned a lot
1: of paradoxes that are actually very interesting. So, like one paradox I've learned is the omnipotence paradox. Now I'm not here to question anybody's faith, but I am. Is <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> can can God create a boulder He cannot lift?
0: I would think if He was God, He could lift anything.
1: So you're saying He can't do something? Because that means He can't. Make, that means you're, you're you're saying He's not omnipotent because you're saying something that He can't do. Or he can make it and not lift it, which means he failed at lifting something that he made, which means he's not an nip- Or maybe
0: he just makes it and chooses not to lift it.
1: Well, that's not the question. It's can he. Does he have the ability, not what does he choose to do on a Tuesday afternoon?
0: I don't know. You're but, messing with oh, my
2: mind.
1: The the ship one is kind of interesting. Okay, you're standing on a ship made of wood, and each day you replace a piece of the ship, just a, like a floorboard, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you put it in a separate shed. And you replace that thing you took off. Now, over time, when you get to the very last piece and it's replaced, you take all the pieces out of this you know, supposed container you put it in mm-hmm. and rebuild it. Now, are you looking at a new ship or an old ship? Are you standing on a new ship or are you standing on an old ship?
0: It depends on how old, I guess, the ship was to begin with.
1: Well, they was... say it's supposed to be like a year.
0: I still say it's a fairly new ship.
1: But it still replaced everything that's on the old ship. The ship never well, changed as far as visually. I'm
0: always right. So I say oh it's God. a new ship.
1: Let's continue on. It's just, <laughs> I it, it, it just, it just remind me of that though. I'm just kidding. Or if it doesn't have any living thing on it, what about when they're like infested with rats? Remember those cannibal rats that uh-huh. were, all, so was that not a ghost ship?
0: It was technically. By definition, that was a ghost ship. It did not have, but it didn't have any living crew or members on the ship of the people variety.
1: So there could be living things, just not people.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be barnacles and shit. I mean, yeah, okay, good point. It's got to be, there's no people. Fair enough.
1: Like, yeah, like that's not a ghost ship because a seagull landed on the top sail. (laughs) Wait till it flies away, then you can call it. He
0: hung out waiting on a fish for like five minutes. No, that doesn't count.
1: Ghost ships are creepy. (laughs)
0: Um, Another uh, example of a ghost ship is the phantom canoe of Lake Rotomahana. Forgive me if I pronounce any of this wrong. A wakuweru, or spirit canoe, in Lake Rotomahana, New Zealand.
1: I think you pronounce everything just as it needed to be pronounced.
0: Rotomahana.
1: I like New Zealand. I'd love to go there someday.
0: Me too. Beautiful
1: place. I bet they ain't got half the fucking spiders and shit their neighbors do.
0: (laughs) And (coughs) this was seen 11 days before the eruption of nearby Mount Tarawera, which devastated the lake and surrounding areas. Isn't
1: everything you saw 11 days before an eruption something you saw 11 days before an eruption?
0: But this just happened to be there, so...
1: Where else is a canoe going to be but a lake?
0: Um, That's where um,
1: they hang out. That's where, that's where canoes live.
0: <laughs> up the lake without a paddle? Up the river without Shit. a paddle? What I, is it?
1: I don't know. I, up Shit Creek.
0: Yeah. Without a paddle.
1: All right. We just said a bunch of words. hmm Drink. Every time we say something stupid, we drink.
0: <laughs> it means we drink a lot. Uh... We've actually got two separate ghost <clears throat> ships we're going to talk about. In the first one... Can't really be deemed as a true story because there's very little proof that it actually existed. But we're going to go over it anyway because it's really fucking creepy.
1: That's the stuff I like to go over because even if people say it's not real, if it was, that'd be scary as shit.
0: Yeah. So the first one is the Orang Medan.
1: Oh, I'll mispronounce this a lot.
0: Probably. The SS Orang Medan was a ghost ship which reportedly became a shipwreck in the Dutch East Indies after its entire crew died under suspicious circumstances.
1: Oh, anybody on Facebook or Twitter, can you uh, answer this question for me? The SS, is that, is that sailing ship? Because the, the USS is, or wait, yeah, that's ours, right? The USS whatever, mm. and that's like uh, the United States ship. Mm-hmm. HMS is Her Majesty's ship. What's SS?
0: Why didn't you just Google it?
1: I'm not going to do all that. Continue. Sorry. I'm going to Google it.
0: Well, this story has become something of a legend. Orang Medan roughly translates from Indonesian to, quote, the man from Medan. Accounts of the ship's accident have appeared in various books and magazines, but their factual accuracy and even the ship's existence are unconfirmed. No official registrations for or construction history of the ship have been found. The first story of the ship's accident appeared in 1948 in a series of three articles in a Dutch-Indonesian newspaper. The general story is the same, but there are differences in place and whether there was a lone survivor. <clears throat> so according to one story, the Orang Medan was sailing from a small, unnamed Chinese port to Costa Rica. Damn. And deliberately avoided the authorities.
1: That's a long ways, man. Mm-hmm. I actually saw, like, this picture of Earth. We all have. It's great. That's.
0: Uh, I mean, wouldn't that basically be, like, literally halfway around the world? I think so.
1: <laughs> but I never took into account, like, when you look at globes and everything, they're not actually, like, geographically accurate. Like, for instance, Africa is huge. It's a lot bigger than... It is on maps and on globes. Like, if you were to go into space and look down, Africa takes up a lot of space. You could fit a lot of countries in Africa.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of countries in Africa.
1: No, I'm saying, like, continents you can fit in Africa. But the um, Pacific? hmm Holy hell. It's huge. It's huge. It, you can actually, at one point when the Earth is rotating, you, you could see just water. That's how big it is. You will not see land anywhere, just water. That's how big it is, like from space.
0: That's what you have to think about. What's it called when all the continents were together? Pangea. 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 It's got to have been that way. I mean, if you think about how the continents have moved apart.
1: Jigsaw puzzle looking.
0: Yeah, and then all that water. Yeah. Yeah, had to be that way.
1: Sorry, go ahead. It, the ocean's fucking big. That's what made me think about it because it's like from China to Costa Rica, that's a long fucking way. Not nearly as long as if you're in a plane because with this, you have to go around all these continents and... Oh, God. Fuck that.
0: Yeah. And to try and av- deliberately avoid the authorities that whole way too.
1: Try to be, You could. It's so big. Yeah. It's so fucking big. You could avoid anybody.
0: Well, in this account, there was one survivor an unnamed German, who was able to tell his story to a missionary before dying. The missionary then relayed his story to author Silvio Trieste. Does that sound right? Yeah. T-R-I-E-S-T-E. I I don't speak Italian, so forgive me if I mispronounce.
1: I'm thinking about everything you just said. I'm starting to understand why people are saying this is false. He said that he
0: said that he said?
1: You don't have a name of a Chinese port. You don't have the name of the last guy, and you don't have a name. Like, this is all very vague.
0: Hey, I knew this guy who knew this guy who supposedly Mm -hmm. did this.
1: Where are you from? That one place. Who are you? Well,
0: Well, you know. According to Silvio, he assured this authenticity.
1: He was like, for real,
0: yo? Yeah. That's all you need. This is totes for real.
1: He said that. I was there.
0: (laughs) So according to Silvio's story... At some point around June of 1947, two American vessels were navigating the Strait of Malacca. These vessels, the city of Baltimore and the Silver Star, among other vessels, picked up a distress signal from the Rang Madan. The following Morse code message was sent from a radio operator aboard the ship:
1: beep 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 Oops. beep 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 <laughs> beep
0: can you translate that, guys? You know what that says?
1: I, oh, it says SOS. I know what that is. <laughs> I do. I know the Morse code for that. Uh huh. I do. Deet deet
0: deet 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 deet
1: deet. I know that from the SOS pad commercial.
0: Oh. He's learned his education from TV. Yep. And not even programs, but commercials.
1: See, that just goes to show. When I was in the military, guess what they didn't teach? Morse fucking code. Why would you? <sniffs> I think they do still teach it in the Navy. Because <laughs> you kind of need that stuff, but yeah. That's where, yeah. Do, 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 do. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so- oh, that's the first part of the quote, too. Go ahead, sweetie. I got the first part done.
0: <laughs> you want to just continue?
1: Okay. Beep, 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 beep.
0: You <laughs> jackass. <laughs> What's it fucking say?
1: SOS from Orang Madan. We float. We all float. No. <laughs> All officers, including the captain, dead in chart room and on the bridge. Probably whole crew dead. That's the end quote. Uh, a few uh, confused dots and dashes, which is any part of Morse code. What you just did. It's all confusing. Uh, it, those, you know, a couple more things came through which were, you know, couldn't be read. And it was followed by two words. I die. And nothing else was said after that, seeing as he died.
0: <laughs> That would be weird. Everyone floats. They're probably all dead. I die.
1: They all float.
0: The crew of the Silver Star located the apparently undamaged Orang Medan and boarded it in a rescue attempt. The ship was littered with corpses, even a dead dog.
1: Aww.
0: They were described as, quote, sprawled on their back, the frozen faces upturned to the sun with mouths gaping open and eyes staring. The dead bodies resembled horrible caricatures. You like that?
1: Were they British?
0: I don't know. We don't even know this shit existed.
1: Sprawled on their back, frozen faces, outturned in the sun, mouths gaping open and eyes staring. I think I got it too. Huh? Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. We don't know who found...
0: <laughs> there were no apparent survivors and no visible signs of injuries on the dead bodies.
1: That's creepy. Everybody just up and died.
0: Yeah, staring up at the sky. A fire then reportedly broke out in the ship's number four cargo hold, which forced the boarding crew to evacuate the ship and prevented further investigation.
1: Quinky dink.
0: Soon after, it is reported that the Orang Medan was observed to explode and sink. Do you have
1: to say sink once a ship explodes? We get it.
0: Well I mean if it explodes thoroughly, mm-hmm. there's like pieces floating everywhere. It Still, doesn't necessarily like, sink.
1: Like the whole ship doesn't have to explode. The front half could just blow up. It'll fucking sink.
0: But if like I said, if it explodes thoroughly, nothing's sinking. It's fucking floating.
1: Life's hard and I don't understand those things.
0: I don't know. I'm not a seaman. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Okay.
1: I always avoided saying that. I just say sailor.
0: <laughs> so there are some theories here. Unse- it didn't happen. That's one.
1: Here's my big theory. This I don't, is all bullshit. I don't, That's... Have my, I don't have my glasses on. Because everything is like, okay, where would it come from? I don't know. Who's the last guy to survive? I don't know. What, did you make out everything that was put in the uh, message? No, there's some parts that were scrambled. What did you find when you got there? Dead people. What did you do? Did you take any of them off? No, there was a fire. What happened after the fire? Blew up. Like we took the fuck off. Like like okay, you have no proof any of this shit happened. Yep. You didn't grab the dog?
0: But I know the guy who knows the guy.
1: You didn't like the dog collar. Get the fucking dog collar. <laughs> grab a can of dog food, prove a dog was there, something.
0: First theory, it's utter bullshit. Second theory, unsecured hazardous materials cargo. Some hypothesized that the orangutan might have been performing in smuggling operations. Of chemical substances, possibly a combination of potassium cyanide and nitroglycerin.
1: I don't know what they are, but they sound bad. Is that what you take when you have a heart attack?
0: Yeah, that's what you slip ha! under your tongue.
1: One stops your heart, one fires it back up.
0: In a medicinal form, like a pill. Yeah, not like when you're playing around with it. I get it. Or sometimes they have a nitroglycerin spray. It just depends. But they could have also been carrying wartime stocks of nerve agents.
1: Why not? You got all that other shit. Go for broke. Yeah. Seriously, like if you're the cabin, like we should, should we be carrying all this? Like we have the fucking potassium cyanide, well, nitroglycerin. Why not? We have room. Bring it.
0: That could be why they are avoiding the <clears throat> the officials.
1: I would hope. I would hope that's the reason. According to these, not theories. because they didn't get papers on the dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we
1: don't have his shot records. Stay under the radar, guys.
0: What? If you're going for fucking
1: <clears throat> China
0: to Costa Rica.
1: You made it you're out gonna with a dog. You're going to
0: bring a dog along?
1: You made it out with a dog. Good for you. You, you got to worry out.
0: about scurvy, but you're bringing a fucking dog?
1: They might have parvo. Just saying. Is
0: scurvy so. around still?
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Bummer.
0: If you have an insufficient amount of citrus fruits, it can give you scurvy. Oh.
1: Uh, yeah. Is
0: pineapple citrus? I yeah. believe so.
1: Oh, good. Because I could fuck up some pineapple juice. True. Oh, all right. little fact about Billy you got right there.
0: Billy likes pineapple juice. Yeah. Okay. Back to the story at hand.
1: You know what I heard? Maybe not. I heard it makes like your your man gravy taste like pineapples. Or it gives it like a sweeter taste, you know? But I also heard that pineapple also lowers your testosterone. So it would kind of negate the purpose of doing that. I don't know. That's why you don't click on shit you find on Facebook. Because it might be fucking bullshit.
0: The more you know. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So, according to these theories, the seawater could have entered the ship's hold and reacted with the cargo, releasing toxic gases.
1: Sounds kind of like a thin
0: theory, but I get it. This would have then, in essence, gassed the crew, causing them to succumb to asphyxia and or poisoning. The seawater later could have reacted with the nitroglycerin, causing the fire and explosion.
1: Now what you guys don't know is you take all these chemicals and put them together, and you dash in some sea salt, you will fall down and look straight up.
0: Into some bullshit. You know, I mean, it could happen.
1: It hasn't happened to me, I can't say for sure.
0: But yet, another theory exists. It is that the ship was carrying nerve gas that the Japanese had been storing in China during the war. U.S. ships could not transport it as that would leave a paper trail. So it was loaded onto a non-registered ship, the Orang Medan, for transport to the U.S. or an island in the Pacific.
1: So, uh, okay, I can believe that one more. That sounds like some CIA, well, OSS, I guess, back then, type of thing. And and I tell you what, I I love Japan, I love the Japanese people, but in World War II, wow. What was it, Unit...
0: Unit 731. We will be covering them soon.
1: You'll find out about that shit. The Japanese during them.
0: Just, just. Wow. Hold steady. We'll we'll tell you about them. You don't even need to Google right now.
1: Wow. <laughs> if you Google it, you might get put on the list. <laughs> you know what's crazy about? Unit, I am. You know what's crazy about Unit 731 is a lot of Japanese people don't even fucking know. Yep. They don't. They have no idea that this that what what. Okay. That.
0: You're you're saying too much already.
1: I know. Don't Google it, guys.
0: So, another theory. I think they're going to Google it. Don't Google it, guys.
1: We'll still cover it.
0: Yeah. We'll just tell you shit you already know then.
1: But yeah, this does sound like, that sounds like some, like, yeah, cloak and dagger. I believe that one more than the other ones.
0: There's another theory that suggests carbon monoxide poisoning. It suggests that an undetected smoldering fire or malfunction in the ship's boiler system could have been responsible for the shipwreck. Escaping carbon monoxide would have killed all the crew, and the fire getting out of control could have led to the vessel's ultimate destruction.
1: Okay, now the thing I have with that is carbon monoxide will kill you, sure. Not instantly, you just go on deck. There's a lot of air out there, like the world. So for everybody just to die the way they died and fall the way they fell, you're telling me nobody was like, I gotta hurry up and get on deck so I can breathe.
0: I don't know what kind of cloud carbon monoxide could create.
1: It's rhetorical. I'm just saying.
0: Okay. Rhetorical. Schmorgle.
1: I like that. I like mm. that. That was really good. Mm-hmm. We should probably name the episode that.
2: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. It's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.
0: So yet another theory is a suggestion of paranormal phenomena. Many articles and books suggested this theory, Beginning in 1953, in an article in Fate Magazine,
1: edited by Joe Nickel,
0: <laughs> Joe rises again.
1: Can't keep, can't keep a good nickel.
0: If you're just joining us, with this being your initial podcast to listen to, you have to go all the way back to the very beginning to be introduced to Joe Nickel. He makes uh, a reappearance every now and again.
1: Nickels like a dirty penny; he always turns up.
0: Oh. <laughs> thank
1: you guys thank you that was really good that was really
0: but but he's a nickel that was the point of what i was saying Boo. oh that was
1: great Uh oh, that was good oh.
0: that wasn't that good
1: all right i'm done for the episode <laughs> i'm just i'm not gonna talk anymore i did it guys i did it
0: authors have speculated that the crew might have been attacked by ufos or paranormal forces prior to their deaths. Was this popular
1: then? Um, the, the whole UFO, men from space, flying saucer? was that? I of, think so. This is kind of, kind of where it jumped off. Okay. Because I think this is like the Area 51, 50s. Mm-hmm. Seems about
0: right. War of the Worlds type shit. Yep. The circumstantial evidence cited by these sources include no apparent natural cause of death, the reportedly terrified expressions on the dead's faces, and rumors that some of the bodies were, quote, pointing towards an unknown enemy. Ooh. Wouldn't you want to get away from your enemy instead of staring at him? What if they were frozen in fear?
1: <laughs> All of them? Yeah. Statistically, that's not possible. You don't know. Had were one, you there? There had to have been one fuck this shit guy.
0: And he probably ended up in the water drowning.
1: He probably is the lone survivor that met a missionary.
0: Nah. So, of course, we've been kind of joking, but there is general skepticism about the story. The identity of the Silver Star ship has been established with some certainty, but the ship's logs for the vessel show no recordings of any such rescue attempts. No registration record for a ship named Orang Medan could be found throughout various countries, including the Netherlands. Skeptics question whether the circumstances could have been inaccurate or exaggerated, or if the story is even true.
1: I have a theory. I'm gonna get my glasses.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Glasses on. Here's my theory. Okay, um, people who just come onto a ship, they're they're you know they're kind of the newbies. I'm sure, like in the navy, they have a name for them. Uh. Like in the army, we called him Green. I'm sure there's like a nickname. So, the Silver Star, that's the one that responded, right?
0: Supposedly one of the vessels that responded.
1: Okay. What if this is all a story from the captain to scare the new guys, right? And one of the new guys went and spoke to his helicopter mom. And then the mom went to the papers. And now they're kind of like oh shit they they actually believe it ah fuck we gotta come up with something now everybody's sitting down like okay what are we gonna fucking say you know because Smith fucking blabbed about this fucking thing and then they're like okay um it's a ship uh okay it's a ship that we got to and uh they said the word I die and um everybody was dead and
0: um they were frozen in fear Parker what do you think
1: they were all looking up (gasps) oh ooh creepy ooh I got chills you know that type of thing and then now we have this it, it, it maybe it's a spooky ghost story that somebody heard and was like did this really happen mom or and then like, they try to the, look it up
0: maybe the author of the article just wanted to be a sci-fi writer and he thought he'd make up some spooky shit and see how it went
1: and nailed it because we're talking about it now maybe that's my theory
0: my theory is it's a load of shit.
1: yeah i was yeah i'm with you on that one <laughs>
0: my person i'm just
1: trying to figure out what animal the shit came out of i think it was a, a horse i think it was a ghost story that got taken way out of hand
0: whoa Nellie. that's right
1: bitch is dead
0: <laughs> but we have a second ghost ship for you and this one can actually be proven that it existed we just don't know exactly what happened
1: class is off
0: I don't have a sound for you to take your glasses off.
1: I know. We need to come up with one.
0: How about just glasses
2: off?
1: Good enough. Fair (laughs) enough. Oh, I was right. SS does stand for a sailing ship. Uh, SS stands for sailing ship, uh, which even though she had two diesel engines, it still qualifies as a sailing ship because she is equipped with sails. So if it has sails, it's a sailing ship. And if it has at least two diesel engines and sails, it's still a sailing ship.
0: Well, we're going to learn all kinds of terms with the next one that we're covering.
1: Okie dokie, artichoke.
0: So, the next one is the Mary Celeste. The Mary Celeste was an American merchant brigantine, which is a two-masted sailing vessel with a fully square-rigged foremast and at least two sails on the main mast.
1: People who in are in boats. What's that mean?
0: Yeah, you guys know. Wait, is mast...
1: Okay, I'm going to sound so stupid. Is mast the big pole that sails on?
0: Is I think. The sails so. attached to? Yeah, I think that's what they're saying. Like it's lower
1: s- the sail on the. F- Square rigged
0: foremast. Mast. It's the very front one. It has two sails on it. Ah. That's what a brigantine is.
1: The SS means sailing ship. I don't know. I'm just going back to something <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> well, the Marie Celeste. Was originally built between 1860 and 1861 in Spencer's Island, Nova Scotia. Fucking Canada! God! And <laughs> hey, they made a nice ship. What? Yeah, I'm sure it was
1: very pretty. Didn't I say we should lay off in, in Canada?
0: In Canada and the UK. You guys are neck and neck right now with downloads. Come on now. One of you better show some love. Not after this
1: one. <laughs> There's somebody in Nova Scotia right now on a boat thinking we're retarded. Because we don't know what a mast is. Probably. And but, you're not wrong. But... We get it.
0: You don't know what a thoracotomy is, so... What if they do? What?
1: What if they do burn on you, huh?
0: If you do, cool. I don't. So...
1: I have another paradox. If you have a heap of sand and you take one grain of sand off, is it considered a heap? Or if you keep going and keep adding one grain of sand from the heap of sand onto that one grain then when does that heap of sand stop becoming a heap and when do you have a heap of sand? Continue. Talk amongst yourselves. Think about that. Continue. Go ahead.
0: The chickpea was neither a chick <laughs> nor a pea.
1: Discuss. Ray Fines was not a spell. Neither Ray nor Fiennes.
0: Discuss. So, going back to the ship we're talking about.
1: <laughs> Built in Nova Scotia. Yeah, when I have a thought, if you guys haven't figured it out yet, when I have a thought, I'll just say it because if I don't, I'll lose it. And yep. then it's gone.
0: And it's just gone.
1: As they said in uh, Shawshank Redemption, like a fart in the wind. Hmm. So whenever I interrupt, I'm not being rude. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking things. and <laughs> It just comes out of my mouth hole.
0: <laughs> yep. That's how he's taught me so much unneeded shit. Yep. Interesting, but unnecessary.
1: Yeah. Like she'll be telling me about her day and then how stressful everything is. And I interrupt. I'm like, did you know how many birds can fly upside down? And then she looks at me and she's like, fucking what? And you know. But I got to get it
0: out. But what was the fact I told you earlier about the ducks in Australia? How big were they? Uh,
1: Oh, I don't... The size
0: of... Horses. Ducks the size of fucking horses used to live in Australia twenty to 50,000 years ago. And... So even back then, their (laughs) animals were horrendous. I'm sorry, Australia, but you got some scary shit.
1: I love Australia. Australia is gorgeous. And they and and it, and it's a it's a um, cultural like faux pas to mention the fact that they were a penal colony, like, and that's, so you mention it. And that's something you don't you know, like. If you were to talk to an Australia, you don't mention that to them. You know.
0: Oh, so you're doing it now?
1: But I'm starting to get it because it's so dangerous. Like I could see back then. There's like fuck it, send them to that big ass island. The island will kill them. I know it. I'm certain of it. Just send them Australia, there. Australia,
0: you scary.
1: So if you're in Australia and you're alive right now, God damn it, you made it. I commend you. You're tougher than I am. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Australians. You guys are awesome.
0: Canada. Nova Scotia. I like you guys, too. You guys are great. So, this ship weighed in at 198.42 gross tons with a length of 99.3 feet, which is 30.3 meters. She launched in 1861 under British registration... And was called Amazon at that time.
1: Wait, so was it HMS?
0: I suppose, yeah. yeah okay. So in 1868, okay. she transferred to American ownership and registration and then was renamed Mary Celeste.
1: The USS Mary Celeste, I guess it would be called.
0: Well, it's not... I'm learning! It's not a ship owned by the government, so I don't know if it would be a USS.
1: I get, I uh, yeah. It's
0: maybe. a privately owned ship. In early 1872, after changing hands several times, she had a major refitting, making her considerably larger. Her length stretched to 103 feet or 31 meters. Her tonnage jumped to 282.28 gross tons, and a second deck was added. There were also extensions made to the poop. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about a part of a ship, but we all make poop It's, it's literally called the poop
1: I know, poop deck is funny
0: <laughs> And
1: poop Poop
0: A consortium of investors was made on October 29th of 1872 With the ship's new captain having a one-third share. His name was Benjamin Spooner Briggs Benjamin Briggs was one of five sons born to a sea captain named Nathan Briggs. Four of those five sons went to the sea, with two of those becoming captains. Briggs was said to be an observant Christian who read the Bible often. So he was supposedly known as a very trustworthy good guy.
1: Does reading the Bible often make you trustworthy?
0: Well, he would like bear witness at his local church, and he was supposedly a very strict Christian good guy okay in 1862 he married his wife and this is where maybe he's not so good of a christian he married his wife and cousin sarah and they proceeded to have two children uh, being cousins and all
1: but they're cousins
0: Ugh. he considered yeah. retiring for his family
1: I think about what he did <laughs>
0: No, he thought for a second, hmm, I'm spending too much time away from my family. Maybe I should retire. But nope. He instead invested his life savings into a one third share of the fucking Mary Celeste. And Could you imagine on your honeymoon like, oh this is just
1: like remember when we went camping with dad? You're like, Oh you mean Uncle Steve? Ugh. <laughs>
0: and who better to be the captain of the ship that he invested his life savings into instead of retiring for his family? But himself. Yay. He was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to be the captain of the ship because I married my cousin.
1: Fuck yeah, dude. Life goals.
0: Yeah. The first voyage scheduled following the refitting of the ship was to travel to Genoa in Italy. That's why it's called Genoa Salami. Yeah. All right. Okay. We went somewhere weird in Billy's brain.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Briggs arranged for his wife and cousin. daughter, cousin, wife, cousin, and daughter. Weird daughter, niece.
1: <laughs> no, that, would that be a second cousin? Your cousin's kid is your second his... cousin. Second cousin daughter.
0: I don't know his female thing.
1: This was America, wasn't it? God yeah, damn it. of course.
0: He arranged, of course, he arranged for those two to come with him.
1: You know what, Canadians and Australians, you got that one on us. Sorry, I got no argument on that one.
0: But because his son was in school, he was left at home with Granny. Or maybe his son smelled funny. I don't know. But he left his fucking son behind. His
1: grandma aunt?
0: Yeah? Maybe? Grandma great aunt? Sure.
1: This is difficult. (laughs) I would actually have to sit down and actually do a family tree and figure out who...
0: It wouldn't fork very much.
1: (laughs) I can tell you that. When your family tree's a stump, you failed. <laughs> this like everybody in Canada is like, yeah, you know what? Make fun of us all you want. Sure, we love hockey. Sure, we love maple syrup. We don't fuck our cousins. And I'd be like, yep, yep. <laughs> sure, we have kangaroos. Sure, we have spiders that will jump on your face and kill you. Sure, we have snakes that can climb up walls. We don't fuck our cousins. Yep.
0: <laughs> I'm sure we can find some if we dig hard enough. I
1: don't want to. We've ripped on them hard <laughs> enough. Let, the, let them have this one. <laughs> let them have this one. It's okay.
0: The Mary Celeste arrived in New York in October of 1872 for Briggs to supervise loading of the ship's cargo for Genoa, which was 1,701 barrels of denatured alcohol, which can be poisonous with certain additives. Why it's 1,701, I don't know. It's used as a solvent and a fuel for alcohol burners and camping stoves. Oh, so
1: you don't drink it.
0: You can without... The poisonous additives. Oh, okay. But it could be dangerous. You typically don't want to mess with it.
1: I'll just stay away from the whole thing.
0: And I found in my research, it should not be used in molecular biology for precipitating nucleic acids. Don't even think about it. Just an FYI for you guys out there studying biology and the molecular level.
1: And inbreeding. I'm going to keep going back to the cousin thing.
0: Sure. Briggs' wife-cousin and daughter-second-cousin, they arrived a week later. And on Sunday, November 3rd, Briggs wrote a letter to his mother stating that they would be leaving that Tuesday. He wrote, Our vessel is in beautiful trim, and I hope we shall have a fine passage.
1: I'm sorry about the whole marriage thing, Mom.
0: (laughs) And I'm assuming that's how he sounded, because back then, I'm sure Americans still had a little bit of a British accent. Sure, why not? He wasn't like, Hey, our vessel is in beautiful trim, and I hope we shall have a fine passage.
1: That was good. That was really good. I was thinking since he like married his cousin or whatever, our
0: vessel is in beautiful <laughs> trim, and I
1: hope we shall have a fine passage. So. I just stereotyped a lot of people. I didn't mean <laughs> to do that.
0: On uh, Tuesday morning, November 5th, the ship moved out of New York Harbor, But with the weather being uncertain, Briggs decided to kind of wait on clearer conditions. He anchored the ship just off of Staten Island.
1: And in the meantime, fucked his cousin.
0: And in the meantime, wife-cousin Sarah used the time to write to her mother-in-law, which he just wrote to his mom and now she's writing to her his... Aunt. Why the fuck not? Her aunt. She's writing to her aunt. (laughs) Tell Arthur I make great dependence on the letters I shall get from him. And I will try to remember anything that happens on the voyage, which he would be pleased to hear.
1: That's nice. It just sounds weird that it's such a proper voice, but what they did was so improper.
0: Well, oh, like, fucked my cousin. Oh. Tell Arthur I made great dependence on the letters I shall get from him. And I will try to remember anything that happens on the voyage, which he would be pleased to hear.
1: I like how you're cocking your shoulder. You're making a face while you do it.
0: Yeah, you got to get in the character. I like that. You should try sometime. My
1: cousin Vinny, or some shit you're doing right now?
0: Yeah. A dull white fucking deer.
1: <laughs>
0: Boom! Right in the fucking bam! Head.
1: <laughs> Go ahead.
0: <laughs> that was a nice throwback there. While the Mary Celeste was preparing to sail, another brigantine, the Canadian D.I. Garcia, which I'm not positive about the pronunciation, I even tried to look it up and I saw it and heard it pronounced several different ways. And I took Latin for two years, and I don't fucking know how to say it. Uh, It was in Hoboken, New Jersey, awaiting a cargo of petroleum destined for Genoa as well, via Gibraltar. This ship was commanded by Captain David Morehouse with his first mate, Oliver DeVoe. The weather eased over the next two days, and the Mary Celeste entered the Atlantic on November 7th. And then eight days later, on November 15th, the Di Gratia, Departed for Gibraltar following the same general route. So, on to Derelict. Or Derelict, really. I just really like the movie Zoolander. That's why I named episode 12 Blue Steel.
1: Well, yeah, that plus all you gotta do is look at Luca, Luca Magnata and use. You, yeah. you He's see
0: doing it. the Blue Steel.
1: That's his resting face, is Blue Steel.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Huh. See, you gotta make that face too when I'm you talk a, about Zoolander. I'm not an Ambie
2: Turner. Some people say I'm ridiculously good looking.
0: So, moving on. The Di Gratia reached the midway point between the Azores and the coast of Portugal around 1 p.m. on Wednesday, December 4th land time. A helmsman reported to Captain Morehouse that a vessel was spotted about six miles out, heading unsteadily towards them. Morehouse could see the ship moving very erratically, and he noticed that the sails were set oddly. So as the vessels grew closer to each other, which... You know, he decided they would go investigate and see what was going on. Um, As they got closer to each other, no one could be seen on the deck and no one replied to the captain's signal. So Morehouse sent the first and second mates in a ship's boat to investigate. He was like, hey, dudes, go over there and see what's going on because I ain't fucking doing it. I'm the captain. Word. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: That's how it works. That's how authority works.
0: And that's exactly how they sounded back in the 1800s. He was like, no, go fucking do it.
1: I believe you. I don't know why, but I do. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably like, send in a boat out there, check and see. Like, why can't you do this? Well, I'm already here. I'm really cozy where I'm at. <laughs> Come on, guys. I'll buy you guys a subway gift card. And I bet that he said that, too.
0: Probably. Once the mates were aboard, they found that the entire ship was deserted. Some sails were in poor condition, and others were just missing altogether. There was damage to much of the rigging, and the ropes were hanging loosely over the sides of the ship. Though the main hatch was secure, the others were open with their covers beside them on the deck. The one lifeboat on the ship that had been stowed across the main hatch was gone. The binnacle that houses the ship's compass had shifted from its place with its glass cover broken, there were three and a half feet or one point one meters of water in the hold, which mm-hmm. is significant, but not necessarily an emergency considering the size of the ship. And a makeshift sounding device was found on the deck, which I had to look this up. A sounding device is a device for measuring the amount of water in the hold. I don't know the What's exact that mean. It's something to measure how much water's Floating in the bottom of the ship.
1: Okay. I have one of those. It's easy.
0: A ruler? Earl.
1: Walk down there. Now when it comes (laughs) up to his waist, you're like, it's waist high water. God, I should be a captain.
0: You should. Why did they need a makeshift one? Why, if, you know, he's a captain and they're sailing the ship, why didn't they have one already made?
1: He doesn't make great decisions. He fucks his cousin.
0: I'm just, well, true. Anyway. The ship's daily log was found in the mate's cabin, and the last entry was dated nine days prior on November 25th. When I investigated, one source stated it was timed at 8 a.m., and another source that I found said it was 5 a.m., so somewhere between 5 a.m. and 8 a.m. on November 25th. It recorded the Mary Celeste as being off Santa Maria Island in the Azores, nearly 400 nautical miles from where it was encountered by the DA Gratia.
1: What day was it encountered? So I'm wondering, like...
0: It says nine days prior, on the 25th. So so in nine days, they... So that would have been... okay. Sure. Five, so December 4th. Okay. Yeah, I say, like, I I know... The first week of December. Can you Um, go
1: 400 nautical miles in that span of time?
0: Well, that's the thing. That's raise some question, is...
1: Because a nautical mile, I think, is longer than an actual mile.
0: Yeah, well, if they're saying they were just off the coast of these islands, could it have coasted its way 400 nautical miles away to where it was then encountered by this other ship? But we'll get to that. The cabin interiors were wet and untidy, of course, from the water that it entered, either by way of skylights or doorways, But otherwise, it was pretty much in reasonable order. There were items scattered around in Briggs' cabin, including a sword under the bed, so it's not like he was in fear of having to fight someone off.
1: That's kind of gangster. I wish I had a sword under my bed.
0: (laughs) But most of the ship's papers, as well as the captain's navigational equipment, were missing. An ample amount of food on the ship was noted, six months worth. So it's not like they were going to go hungry. There were no obvious signs of violence or fire, and almost everything indicated an orderly departure from the ship using the missing lifeboat. But, why? Why? But we'll come back to that in a second. Morehouse decided, since ain't nobody here, he's going to bring the derelict 600 nautical miles, but another source I have says 800 nautical miles, to Gibraltar as he could get a substantial share of the value of the rescued vessel and cargo, just as a recovery. He divided his crew among the two vessels, and then the two ships headed out. The Di Gratia arrived at Gibraltar on December 12th of 1872, and the Mary Celeste arrived the following morning, as it encountered some fog on the trip there. The ship was immediately impounded by the Vice Admiralty Court, preparatory to salvage hearings. Uh, After a period of going back and forth and one of the investors coming over to try and claim the ship, it was ultimately released to one of the investors on February 25th. So, let's try and figure out what exactly happened. You've got this man, his wife cousin, (laughs) and his child second cousin, and this crew of seven men on this ship that he is an investor in. So he's put his whole livelihood into the ship. What would cause them to just up and leave, take the navigational equipment and a lifeboat and hop off a ship that's fully functioning and loaded with food? Let's it appeared to
1: be what, taking on a little bit of water?
0: Just a little bit. But What if,
1: what if that's it? Maybe he freaked out.
0: Well, that's one of the, the possibilities. So
1: He literally jumped ship. <laughs>
0: Well, one of the first suggested theories was foul play. But no evidence was ever found to support foul play, despite the belief of murder and conspiracy put forth by Frederick Solly Flood, who was the attorney general of Gibraltar. He's the one that suspected something fishy, and he didn't really want to give the boat back to one of the investors. An article in 1931 in the Quarterly Review Proposed that Captain Morehouse could have lain in wait for the Mary Celeste, lured Briggs and his crew aboard the Di Gratia, and then killed them. But the Di Gratia left port eight days after the Mary Celeste, and it was a slower ship, so it was virtually impossible that he could have caught up with them and then lain in wait.
1: Yeah, but it seems like a reasonable thing, though, like fraud. Maybe, like, you know, to, I
0: don't know,
1: can you take insurance out on a boat?
0: Well, that's, yes, you can. That's another notion that was posed was that Briggs and Morehouse were partners in a conspiracy. Yeah, I was just about to To say get that. and share the salvage proceeds. The problems with that are, why bring his wife and baby? Why leave his son behind if they were planning on taking this money and skipping town
1: why take a baby on your fucking job to go in the fucking ocean out? That's <laughs> and stupid. why
0: do it in a way that would draw a lot of attention because mm-hmm. of the whole mystery of oh there was this whole ship full of people and now they're gone and we have this boat it just doesn't make sense and there's never any positive proof that even if Briggs and Morehouse knew each other it was just a very casual acquaintance type relationship there's never any evidence that they were any closer than possibly knowing each other just because they're both captains of ships. Mm-hmm. Pirates was also another suggestion. Uh, sure. Okay. But the ship wasn't looted.
1: There was food. And, yeah.
0: Personal items that were of significant monetary value were still on the ship when it was found. Another suggestion was that the crew drank the alcohol and mutinied. Okay, so then what was to gain for that, and where did they then go? What would be the point of mutiny if you're just going to fucking leave the ship? And how did they leave the ship?
1: That's the whole point, is to take over the fucking ship.
0: So pirates and mutiny are kind of out the window. And it was also suggested in 1925 that Briggs himself... Killed everyone on board in a fit of religious mania. And then killed himself. There's no evidence to support that anyone was killed. They didn't find these big huge blood puddles. I was about to say,
1: yeah, is there any blood splatter or anything? And
0: it would have been nearly impossible for just one man to sneak up and kill nine other people without them fighting back. Trying to control him. Signaling the others. I mean, he would have had to stealth that shit one by one. Yeah.
1: He'd have to metal gear. And then he would have
0: to get all the bodies off of the ship and then throw himself off the ship.
1: He'd have to metal gear, solid snake that shit.
0: Yeah. So that one doesn't really make any sense. And why would he have a religious mania if he handpicked this crew? Evidently, these are good guys in his book.
1: He handpicked his cousin.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, it, it takes all kinds (laughs) I mean, didn't Edgar Allan Poe marry a cousin? And he's kind of creepy, so... Well, there you go. It's to be expected. Next possible suggestion is just natural phenomena. So it's generally agreed that something majorly alarming or bad had to have happened for all of the members on the ship to just abandon it. There were ample provisions... The ship was considered sound and seaworthy. I mean, the crew from the other ship navigated it to port, so it must have been okay. Yeah. One explanation suggested by first mate DeVoe involved the makeshift sounder that was found on the deck. So, this one kind of makes the most sense to me. He proposed that Briggs may have gotten a sounding, which I guess is like a result... That gave a false impression of the ship rapidly taking on water. This,
1: uh, So he just read it wrong and thought maybe...
0: Or it was reading right, but he wasn't reading it properly. This could be explained by a severe water spout strike. It could have left the sails and rigging in a ragged state as they were found. And the low barometric pressure generated by a spout could have driven the water from the bilger up to the pumps leading the crew to assume they were in danger of sinking. So, this rapid influx of fluid, he could have said, oh shit, if that keeps up, we're going to be sinking to the bottom. But in reality, it was just like a temporary buildup of water that would have gone back down. Yeah. Because this water spout has sucked all this water up and pulled it into Mm -hmm. an area of the ship that, you know, wasn't supposed to be.
1: Kind of like a bad analogy, but kind of like when you clog up a toilet you freak out but it's like just give it a minute <laughs> give it a minute it'll
0: let it go down it's
1: made the drain mm-hmm. so just let it go down
0: yeah similar to that and i mean that that kind of makes sense and if he's thinking yeah, sure the whole ship is gonna sink then yeah let's get the fuck off
1: that's the most reasonable one i could think of
0: yeah that makes sense to me you know of course we we weren't there we don't know but it had to be something pretty significant and that's something pretty significant to me.
1: There's still nothing more creepy than an empty ship. That's creepy.
0: (laughs) But some say they could have run across a displaced iceberg, but it's not really likely that it would have been an iceberg as far south as where they were.
1: Wouldn't damage be on the hull?
0: True. There's that. Plus, other ships would have seen it.
1: Because if you look at the Titanic, there's a bit of damage to the ship.
0: Well, uh, evidently no other ship saw any random icebergs anywhere.
1: Speaking of the Titanic, I saw a size comparison of a modern-day cruise ship to the Titanic. Mm -hmm. Titanic ain't shit now. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. it is. Well,
0: yeah, now they've got, like, three or four levels to them.
1: Yeah. You can fit, like, four Titanics into a cruise ship. That's (laughs) how fucking... Like, if you're on a cruise right now, the ballroom and then... The dining area and the bar and your room is the Titanic. That's how big <laughs> modern cruise ships are.
0: But at the time, that was like the biggest. A yeah. feat. it actually wasn't the biggest. I oh, think no? there was another one that was a little bit bigger than that.
1: Wasn't there like a uh, Chinese pirate ship that was like? I'll, I'll look it up. It, it, I, the reason I know is because it was piloted. It, it piloted. It was. It was. It was captained or whatever by a, a woman. And she's like the most infamous pirate, and because she's a female pirate. I think she used to be a prostitute and she
0: a female Chinese prostitute pirate
1: like she used to be a prostitute and she became a pirate
0: so a female chinese prostitute pirate yeah captain sailor woman very accomplished did the instead of a seaman is it a sea woman Sailor. just a sailor sailoress. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what feminists think. I, I, I'm not a, like, yeah, okay. hardcore feminist.
1: I'm I'm a feminist, and I think any feminist who's not, like, crazy, hateful against guys, because I think that's not feminist at all. No. But I think they would just want to be known as sailors.
0: Okay. I'm going to carry on while you look that up. Okay. Uh, another theory, a sea quake could have potentially caused sufficient turbulence on the surface to damage parts of the cargo, which was the denatured alcohol, thus releasing toxic fumes. The displaced hatches suggest an inspection or airing out of the cargo hold.
1: Here it is. Now, it doesn't say compared to the Titanic, but look at the Santa Maria, Penta, and Nina, and that's her ship. That's how big her ship was. The Xinghei treasure ship? That's a huge bitch. Oh, it's not. It's not. It's uh, yeah. God, is it half the size of the Titanic? The Titanic was pretty big. Noah's Ark was technically bigger, still though. Big. It's a big ship. Game
0: on. Okay. So, like I was saying, the seaquake could have possibly rumbled some stuff around down there in the hold and damaged parts of the containers holding the denatured alcohol. And like I said, the displaced hatches suggest that there was an inspection or airing out of the cargo hold. And rising fears of an explosion could have led Briggs to order the abandonment. But the sound state of the cargo and no evidence of explosions weakens this theory. Not to mention that most experienced sea captains would say risking an explosion would still be better odds than jumping into a lifeboat in the middle of the ocean. They would just kind of hang tight and see what the explosion did.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking that as you were saying it, just wherever you think this, the explosion is going to be, go to the opposite end of the ship and have other boats ready. Mm-hmm. But let's at least see if it's salvageable because you are in the middle of the fucking ocean.
0: Exactly. A A damaged ship could still be more seaworthy than a lifeboat. Yeah. And then, of course, there's some myths. So, stories of the ghost ship have been adding or changing details of the tale since as early as June 1883 in the Los Angeles Times, and this continued for decades. So names have been changed, the number of people who were on board has changed, and there have even been stories from alleged quote-unquote survivors. So newspapers, tabloids, and magazines have printed quote the real story many times over. So we're just trying to get to the core story of it. But in one and quote unquote informant told of Briggs and his crew sighting a derelict that was deserted and that they then boarded this ship and found enough silver and gold to split and start whole new lives in Spain, abandoning the Mary Celeste in the process. So this man's like, ah, fuck my kid at home. I'm going to take the riches and take this other ship, by boat that I'm invested in.
1: He did kind of fuck over the kids and invest his money into a boat, so. Mm-hmm. So. Sure, why not?
0: Could have, I suppose. One story suggests, and this is a fun one, that a <laughs> giant squid or octopus cleaned out everyone on board one you, by one. You
1: are drinking Kraken.
0: <laughs> and although giant squids can reach... 49 feet, or 15 meters in length.
1: Those bitches get huge.
0: And have been known to attack ships. It's still pretty inconceivable that one could take out a whole crew, along with the navigation equipment in the captain's cabin.
1: And not much damage. You and the lifeboat. There'd be some dents and some dings and some scratches on yeah, the fucking boat.
0: The, the squid was hip to their jive and was like, I'm going to make it look like they left... Very abruptly Where's by this? taking all these people and the lifeboat and the naval instructions that I need.
1: The ass squid.
0: Yeah, don't think that's really true.
1: Well, at least they don't think it's fucking aliens or some stupid shit.
0: No, no, no. The last, the last suggestion is, of course, aliens.
1: Son of a bitch. They
0: beamed them fucking up from the ship.
1: Well, clearly they know what they're doing. They're on a boat. That's all I got. I- They got nothing to go with that.
0: He thought, there's a whole world of people out there and I'm going to marry my cousin. Yep. So... And
1: that got their attention. And then the aliens were like, that guy. They were
0: like, he is dim enough that we can mold him and probe him. And then do what we need to do without him putting up too much of a fuss. Because he's not very smart.
1: We'll probe him. He married his cousin. He clearly doesn't give a fuck.
0: (laughs) So... That is that our official stance? It was aliens?
1: No. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I, I'm kind of thinking maybe the water spout thing. Yeah, that, I'm
1: thinking he freaked out way too early. But,
0: you know, he's a seasoned captain. He's a son of a sailor who was a captain. And four brothers out of that whole group became seamen. Or sailors,
1: sure, but you're you know you could be a pilot, and your father was a pilot. Doesn't mean you're not won't ever crash a plane.
0: Yeah, but you know how to read the signals that are being given to you. That's the only thing that kind of sticks with me. Is like, even if he got this reading, he's willing to risk his wife, cousin, and baby (laughs) to jump off into a lifeboat. I mean, unless he physically saw the ship sinking, I can't imagine any you know long-term captain of a ship i mean he made it to captain
1: yeah plus he invested all of his money into it if i invested my money into a ship
0: i'm gonna stand on I'm my tippy toes until that fucker yeah. sinks.
1: yeah they're like we should abandon ship like fuck you you abandon ship this is my fucking my wallet this is my wallet
0: mm-hmm. this is my livelihood this is what i do and um yeah. i just i don't know it makes sense in a way as the most plausible, but then you think about this man has all these years and years of experience and growing up in this family and becoming a captain and he made enough money by being a captain to then invest in a ship, but he's going to mistake the readings that he's getting and say, we're taking on too much water. Let's jump in a lifeboat.
1: What if, it, what if we're totally wrong? And it's one of those things where it's like his wife's like, we're taking on water. We need to abandon ship. Like, I'm not abandoning anything. I have we, all Everything we have is in this ship. And she's like, if you don't, I'll tell the kids we're cousins. And he's like, abandon ship. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're going
0: down, guys. Do what your aunt mother says. <laughs> oh, my God. Well.
1: Uh, this was a mystery. This was up there with Blair, to be honest with you.
0: And this one isn't, it really isn't, we think about it, a a tale of the ship itself. It's more of the people that were on the ship what the fuck happened to them.
1: Yeah. It's not so much a ship that's like haunted and spooky. It's a ship that's just vacant.
0: Well, it wasn't too much longer. You know, they came and retrieved the ship and it changed hands again. And it met its final end in just 1884, which was only two years later when the then owner... Deliberately ran it aground near Haiti in an attempted insurance scam. Oh, that's what I said earlier. Because you actually insure the cargo and stuff that are on the ship along with the ship.
1: Now, I'd be more inclined to say it would be a weird ship thing if somebody got a hold of the ship and then they found it later abandoned. I'd be like, okay, something's up with that fucking ship.
0: <laughs> but the weird thing is, he ran it aground and they caught him in this scam, but the remains of the ship have never been found.
1: What if the ship just brings out the worst in you, and you abandon it, and you commit fraud? Demonic,
0: possessed, ghost ship.
1: I didn't want to say it. I'm glad you said it.
0: I said it. Said it. I'll fucking say it again.
1: You said it so hard.
0: Demonic, ghost ship.
1: I've never heard those words together before.
0: Now you have. Yay! And you're a better man for it. Am I though? That's all we have for this week. Yeah. Gotta thank purpleplanet.com, jewelbeat.com, pond5.com for the music and sound effects you've heard this episode. Gonna add another song from Phaser765 at the end if you'd care to listen. He can be found on SoundCloud as Phaser765. That's with a PH. And he changed his YouTube to MinimusNoah. M-I-N-I-M-U-S-Noah. So you can find him on YouTube. So now you, know,
1: now you know our son's name.
0: He's still Phaser. Yeah. <laughs> Want you to visit com as we said in the beginning. Find all of your martinis and macabre merchandise, as well as other fine apparel and accessories. Um, i
1: updated like crazy. I'm going to keep updating. We're, we're going to reach for 100 uh, different items in the inventory.
0: Yes, so you're going to have quite the selection, you know... There's stuff involving horror movies. There's stuff that's kind of dark or obscure. Kind of abstract. Um, Lots of interesting stuff. So check it out. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Martinis and the Macabre. Follow us on Twitter at Martini underscore Macabre. Got a lot of stuff going back and forth there and on the Facebook. Like to put a lot of interesting facts on there. Go to our website and find a... Full catalog listing of all of our episodes. It's martiniesinthemacab.com.
1: Oh, and on Twitter, if you—I've been working my butt off on Twitter, so if you follow us, we'll follow you right back.
0: True, very and true.
1: I have both the boys here. We're recording right now, guys. <laughs> yeah. You want to come say bye? Come here.
0: We got Nugget and Phaser.
1: Are those my Oakleys? Okay.
0: Bye, bye, everyone. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, the guys. great phaser, the creator of our thumbnail that you see every week, creator of the music I've been putting at the end of every episode. I need to make more. And yeah. he's almost done on his computer. He just ordered yep. two more pieces and after they come, he has one more piece left.
1: He's a little genius. And then
0: he will be an official computer creator or whatever you want to call <gasps> it. Which,
1: which means his life is going to get harder because every time something happens on my computer... We're gonna ask him to fix it. If he can, I'll just be like, Well you built a fucking computer. God damn, come on. I'm
0: only good with hardware, not software.
1: Okay, now get I it. don't
0: know what that means. No, 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 software software stuff on okay. The get and some
1: get 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 dressed, we're gonna go play cornhole.
0: So that's it for this week. I got like two days to try and edit the shit. Oh Whoa. fuck my life. Why? It was guys. a screw-up this week because my night off, when we were going to record, I had to go do my sleep study. So, I wasn't okay, really here to record. To he has to get shoes. Okay, the Alright. Got anything <laughs> else you need to plug? No,
1: thank you for listening.
0: I, I do want to say, uh, I don't think Billy mentioned it last uh, episode. Uh, another great podcast that I've really been getting into is <laughs> And That's Why We Drink. Very funny gals, Uh, very neat mix of having two different types of topics that are kind of morbid and macabre. It's right up my alley. It's fun and horror and paranormal and just awful stuff. All rolled up into one with they fun drinks. They do a really drinks. good.
1: They do a really good job.
0: Yeah, I'm really loving mm-hmm. you guys. So keep up the good work. I and, gave you a really good <clears throat> review on iTunes.
1: Love and it. um, thank you for the shout out uh, from Film Roast.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they just did an episode. The, the one that really gave us a shout out was the uh, David Fincher episode. What's your What's your favorite David Fincher? Is it uh, seven. Yeah, it would be
0: seven. Hello. Of Seven's in like my top three movies of all time. <clears throat>
1: You know where Film Rose would probably disagree with me, but uh, as much as I love Seven, do, I like Alien Three? I like it. Yeah. A lot of people don't. Out of all the Aliens, I like that one the most. Not, not talking about Prometheus or, or or the new one coming out, but I mean like the 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 older ones. That's I like. That's my favorite one. It was really good.
0: I'm not much of a sci-fi chick. You so. never have been. No. So. As we close this episode, let's give a big old Jones family goodbye. Oh, uh, nugget. And, and those of you, <laughs> I know there's on our Facebook page that we're in podcasts we listen to. Some people have said they're opposed to having children on their podcast. But just know that everything we've just talked about, our kids have been out of the room. Even though this episode wasn't really like that a, bad. a bad, bad bad serial killer right but
1: we always keep them away for that
0: we do keep them away we, we call them, them out for the cuteness at the end
1: okay so everybody on three say bye one, one two three,
0: three. Bye. Bye. bye
1: see you later